Hey there friends, it's Nick. So listen, I'm going to talk about the penultimate episode, episode 8 of the first season of The Last of Us. It will be major spoilers, so if you haven't watched it and you're planning to, by all means skip this episode till you've seen it. And this is part of the series I've been doing because, as you'll remember, The Last of Us is my favourite video game. And and that's a, that's, that's a high bar. I've just been loving watching how they've... They've brought brought this amazing game to to the small screen, to the television screen. And episode eight, I mean, we've had a couple of darkish episodes in this series. But for me, episode eight is one of the darkest. It's certainly the darkest part of the game. And yet, on the, in the TV version, there are no... Infected. There are no runners or clickers or, you know, whatever. There's none of that stuff in, in episode eight of The Last of Us. The monsters are all human. And of course, this goes to the the theme that's been running through the series, really. And it, and it really is a trope in, I would say, jo- zombie genre fiction or TV shows or movies or whatever, that that actually what happens when the world falls apart, is that, that we turn into monsters to survive. Civilization crumbles and we turn into monsters. And The episode starts with a kind of a nod to that, I think. You know, we begin in a, in a church of sorts and there's a guy preaching, preaching because someone, one of their, their community has died. And this is a, a massive contrast, by the way, to the community of Jackson that we saw a couple of episodes ago Jackson was safe and thriving and fed but here we're in a community I think it's set in Colorado this bit and the winter has come and the winter is just brutal these these people aren't surviving they're starving and we have this this character David who was a teacher before the the end of the world and, and found God after the end of the world, he says, and became a preacher. And here he is acting as a shepherd to this flock who are, yeah, they're starving. They're on the edge, the very edge of existence. And, you know, all he has is his Bible. But what we know if we played the game is that David isn't a shepherd. He's really a wolf. He's a wolf amongst sheep. And that's why when, <clears throat> excuse me, early in the episode, he comes across Ellie. Well, Ellie, Ellie, if we remember from last week, we got the backstory, how she was bitten. And we got to the point where she was, you know, back in, in the present moment, she was sewing up Joel, desperately trying to, to save his life. He's lying on the floor of a, of a house with this wound that, that is getting worse. And they, they're also in this brutal winter. They're also running out of food. And she takes his gun, his rifle, and she goes out and she manages to, to shoot a deer, to wing a deer. But when she chases it down, she comes across these two men, one of whom is David, our preacher, and the other of whom is kind of his sidekick, I guess, his right-hand man, who is played by Troy Baker. Nice fan moment, that. Played by Troy Baker, who was... Uh, Joel in the TV show and there is something that happens when these three meet between David 
and Ellie. David, if you, if you remember what I said, is he is a wolf. There is, there is violence in him, although it's hidden most of the time. There is violence in him and what he sees in Ellie in their short conversation, because she's typically Ellie, she's, she's all in to this deer is mine. He sees something of himself and in the game's most uncomfortable sequence, this, this, this episode follows the game's most uncomfortable sequence and eventually we're going to find that David doesn't just see something in Ellie, this 14-year-old girl, he wants her. He wants to possess her in a way that, that is deeply, deeply disturbing. And that's really, that, that central idea is, the, is the, the fulcrum around which this episode twists and turns. Ellie ends up talking to David, who is a reasonable, calm, quiet man. He can see that she can't hold the... She, she can barely hold the gun up. It's so big. It's Joel's rifle. She can barely hold it up, and yet he... He praises her. He's a master manipulator, really. He play, praises her about her ability to hunt. She has shot this deer, after all. He asks politely whether they can share it, and, it, and eventually agrees to give her medicine which is the thing that she needs most to save to save you know she asks for medicine and he says at some at one point so he sends his psychic off to get the medicine and they have a conversation and it's a conversation where we understand that David even though he seems Ellie seems to best him but we begin to understand that David is smart like Ellie is smart in a way that an awful lot of the characters around here aren't in this world, the characters aren't particularly smart. He's one of those, like her. Again, he recognises this thing, of this part of himself in her, and he wants it. He wants, he wants to harness it. So he gives Ellie the medicine, even though he could kill her. You know, he had a gun. He gives Ellie the medicine. And lets her go knowing that he'll be able to find her, knowing that he'll be able to track her. Also having told her, essentially, that he knows that that the man she is going back to killed one of his people. As I mentioned at the start of the show, David is holding court. He's preaching because somebody has died, and that, it turns out, is the person who stabbed Joel back at the, at the university. And what David's going to do in this in the programme, is try and manipulate the situation so that his people don't kill her, because they know it too, but he can bring her in and kind of install her as another wolf to help him survive and justify the, the things that are going on in that community. And what we find, so eventually Ellie will be captured... And we will find that this, the reason this community haven't starved yet is not because they managed to eke out an existence and, and shoot the odd rabbit or whatever. It's because they are essentially eating each other. They are eating other human beings. This is a society that is based on cannibalism. So 
as I said, you know, one of the darkest, darkest sequences, you know, emotionally as well as sort of physically, even though, I mean, in the game, there's tons of fighting. In the game, there's tons of fighting. In the, the show, again, very little. And you don't need it because the, the conflict is there in the conversations. And in fact, you know, towards the end, when Ellie actually... <laughs> I mean, you have to watch it because it's so great when she actually bests David and his right-hand man and there is violence. It is, for this show, for this series, it is extreme. You know, when she... You know, what what we have is a process where she's injected Joel with the medicine and then she goes off to try and lead the the searchers away and she gets captured and what have you. And we have this gradual process of, of the of the antibiotics taking effect in Joel and him gradually waking up, waking up and he manages to, he manages to uh, get the location in and again, a very brutal scene. He manages to get the location of where Ellie's being held. And we have this strong impression that Joel is coming back to life. He's coming back to life to save Ellie, who is in the direst of situations. If David can't possess her physically, He's going to kill her. He's going to cut her into small pieces. And Joel is gradually, you know, we're gradually seeing that as Joel gets closer and closer. But in this episode, and in the game, it's worth remembering, it's worth pointing out that after Joel is is um, hurt in the game, in a, in a, what feels at the time, felt at the time like an extraordinary change, we are suddenly controlling Ellie, not Joel. And Ellie doesn't have the physical capabilities of Joel in any sense. So what happens is the whole sequence, more or less the whole sequence in the game, this is Ellie's story. And she ends up having to kill David. And in the game, as in the TV programme, the, 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 fi- the final moments of that are awful she has been driven she thought she thought she was going to be cut up into little pieces his words and the terror the the trauma that comes out when she finally kills him is extraordinary and again we've got um brilliant acting brilliant acting and this moment of of sort of supreme kind of violence and rage and fear and hate, really. And she does it herself. And at the end of the programme, and my daughter pointed this out to me, but at the end of the programme, the, she saved herself. Ellie has saved herself and she's grown up in some sense. She's also become something that's, that's realised the darkness in her that we talked about earlier on in in some way and when Joel arrives he's not saving her physically he's holding her and doing his best to save her from the emotional fallout the trauma and we'll see how that (laughs) we'll see how that goes in the final episode and um, I'm not gonna it's tempting with all of these to to turn them into a lesson about business storytelling. But this is just good storytelling. You know, if you watch that episode, you can see the layers and you can feel 
you can feel the conversation. If you particularly look at the first proper conversation between David and Ellie, you can feel the moment where things change. And it's beautifully written, it's beautifully acted, the whole thing. I mean, the, 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 the team are all doing a great job. The, the actors and the writers and the directors, you know, they are bringing this story to life. And I'm really excited, even though I know how it's going to end, I'm really excited to watch the, the next, the final episode in a day or two. Anyway, I've gone on. This is a long one for me. Thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying The Last of Us. If not, I doubt you're listening to this. But thanks for listening. If you want to dig deeper into how to tell better stories, how to build businesses, story-driven businesses, search online for story.business. Bye now.